Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What just happened? Come on, Uncle Jim, the party's starting. Hear that music? All right, cue Jim Short. From South Bend, Indiana, it's the Sports Yak Podcast brought to you by and Cubic Voice Guy. Big and Tall Outlet, featuring big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's websites for 50% off the suggested retail price. Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart or online at BigAndTallOutlet.com because big guys got to look good too. This is Jimmy Shorts. What doofus would name a podcast after a stupid Tibetan ox? Probably one of these morons. Corey Mann, and maybe it was Chuck Freebie. Hey, Jim, let's lay off the commentary and stick to the script, okay? The number one most downloaded sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Uh, Jim, it's actually the only sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts, and that's good. And away we go with episode 26 of Sports Yak. There's Chuck Freebie. Hi, I'm Corey Mann. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Right out of the gate, Notre Dame, Syracuse this Saturday. You were in attendance physically, mentally, emotionally at the Brian Kelly Conference. Yes, I was. What'd you walk away with? Well, <laughs> interesting that, first of all, I, I think, Brian has a lot of respect for the Syracuse team, what they've achieved under Dino Babers now in his third year. Dino Baber. One of the things that he pointed out was the fact that things didn't go well for Dino in his first couple of years, but he stuck with what he wanted to do. And here in the third year, the guys finally seem to have gotten it. Notre Dame played Syracuse in 2016, handled them fairly easily, but Brian said that a lot of those same players who are playing now for Syracuse are just flat out better than they were back in 2016. So you would hope so. Well, you would, but it doesn't always work that way. Right. So he lauded Dino for his player development. And this, trusting the process, which he would say right. too, right? And this is a Syracuse team that's now averaging 44 points a game. So okay. it's a formidable offense to deal with. 
They throw the ball quite a bit. This will be the best passing offense that Notre Dame has faced all year. So let's see what this secondary is made of. We've lauded all season. Julian Love, Troy Pride Jr., the the back end with Jalen Elliott, and Alohi Gilman. Now let's see what they do against this Syracuse offense on Saturday at the stadium. Can you talk at all into who has been Syracuse's toughest opponent this season? Well, Clemson, Clemson. beat them. Uh, but they had Clemson on the ropes at Clemson, and really that's the game that led to Trevor Lawrence getting the starting quarterback nod at Clemson because he came in in relief and lifted the Tigers to that victory. Uh, Syracuse, more known for basketball? Absolutely, and lacrosse. And they'll be wearing white this Saturday, I hear. And the Irish will have helmets and uniforms that pay tribute to the New York Yankees. I saw our friend Angelo Angelo tweeting, Angelo, yes. and he tweeted, we will not be repeating. So I asked Brian Kelly at the press conference, as a Red Sox fan, yes. what do you think about when you walk into Yankee Stadium? Well, you know, it's a he's a politician, okay? okay? And he's trying to walk the fine line between his Red Sox fandom, which is the Yankees, they're not... We hate the Yankees. Yes. That's Red Sox fandom. And the fact that he wants to be respectful of this organization that is hosting his team this weekend at this stadium. So he says, well, the first thing that goes through my mind is, well, we beat them here. We being the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. But then he morphed into this. But, you know, you go into that ballpark and it is an iconic place and it stands for excellence and and the branding of Notre Dame and the Yankees goes way back, and it does. I mean, Notre Dame has played big games at Yankee Stadium in the past, most notably the 1946. We talked about a game of the century with Florida State. Well, in 1946, mm -hmm. when Notre Dame played Army, that was considered the game of the century. Ended in a 0-0 tie. Uh, Johnny Lujak made a big tackle of, I believe, Glenn Davis deep in Notre Dame territory that preserved the win or the tie, and the Irish went on to a national championship. Johnny Lujak, any relation to Larry Lujak? None, no. None whatsoever? No. Uh, you've covered a lot of sports in your time on this planet. Can you name a coach who would tell it like it was, that wasn't very political, that you could tell like it's coming from the gut, maybe he shouldn't have said that more oftentimes than, okay, I get that. I, I was curious because – when you've described the Brian Kelly press conference before, you've kind of mm -hmm. gone, you know, he's saying the right things. Who who aired it out? Well, for instance, and, and if you go back, I've, I've seen videos of the pep rallies to kind of remind me. Pre-internet, before we all had social media and everything got out to everybody in an instant, mm -hmm. Lou Holtz at pep rallies would say some hilarious things that you wouldn't be able to say. And and Lou said, after one pep rally, he goes, you should never be held accountable for anything that you say at a pep rally. <laughs> um, but he said before the Florida State game in 93 at the pep rally there, he goes, they come here and they think there's nothing special about the Notre Dame mistake, and I can appreciate that. Because if you've never been around Mystique in your life, how would you know anything about it? <laughs> and the place would go bananas. Oh, yeah. 
But you can't do that because everyone's got their cell phones out. Right. And, and they're providing goes... fodder for the bulletin board exactly. at Florida State. Okay. So Lou Holtz back in the day, huh? Now, Lou Holtz press conference, he was renowned for his sandbagging. I mean, he would make a 2-7 and seven team sound like they were ready to win the national championship <laughs> and Notre Dame should be an underdog. College football playoff rankings, we know what happens with the top four. How many of those teams on that ranking are going to be in a bowl game? Oh, everybody in that ranking is going to be in a bowl game. 25 of those teams there, are... There's, 30, there's something like 33 bowl games. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, they wind up scraping. You're supposed to win six games to go to a bowl game, but lots of times they look around... Uh, we we need somebody here for the pool and weed eater independence bowl. Which one? <laughs> or the Bob's Big Boy Bahamas or whatever. Oh my goodness! The ones that count. Your top five bowl games. The ones that well, count. Uh, the uh, the New Year's six are the ones that count. So top you've six. You've got the the rose, the orange, the cotton, the fiesta, the peach. And um, let's see, the rose, the orange, the cotton, the fiesta, the peach, and what's the other Liberty? one in the New Year's? No, the Liberty Bowl is, no, Memphis. Fruit? Uh, fruit Bowl? No, it's not the Fruit Bowl. Um, I'm sure one of our yakkers is out there yelling at me right now because I can't remember the sixth of the New Year's Day Bowl games. It used to be the... See, they've added too many to this yeah. now. And so it's um, – it used to be on New Year's Day, the big ones were the rose, the cotton, the orange – oh, the sugar bowl. Sugar yeah, bowl. Sugar bowl. Okay. College football last night, Ball State Broncos. Ball State wins this game 42-41 in overtime. Western Michigan in overtime decides – We've had enough of Muncie. We're going for two. Uh, <laughs> which I can't blame. It's a weeknight game, but uh, and Ball State stuffs them. Here's the thing that shocks me. Remember how good Ball State looked at the stadium yes. week two of the season? Yes. What would you have thought of Ball State's chances for the season coming out of that game? Uh, better, something to build on, uh, momentum. Yeah, you would have thought eh, they're they're going to be a pretty good football team in yeah. the MAC, right? Yeah, they're three and seven. That's not helping Notre Dame. Hamster wheel went the other way. Yeah, they're three and seven. Talking to this uh, red shirt new rule that made the front headline today of the Tribune. Yeah, so here's the deal on that: is that you can play up to four games, and it used to be the cutoff time for red shirting was the first third of the season. Okay. So if you played up and if you did not play after the first third of the season, you could take a red shirt. So coach could take a look at you in a game early in the year, say, okay, um we played him a game, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna cut it off, we're gonna preserve him. Now you can play those same four games any time over the course of a season. So I could play a player a couple games early in the year, say that he needs some seasoning, come back, play him the last two games of the season. Those are only four games, still redshirt for the next, next year. Wow. 
or put in a quarterback for the first four games. It's not working out. Let's season him. Right. And then you got him for the next year. Well, and and it, the other thing that that works on is, for instance, for the Clemson quarterback, he started the first four games. Dabo made the switch. Has he left? Well, he still has that year of eligibility. Okay. So the the headline was that uh, Notre Dame might have twenty freshmen next season redshirted. Could that be the number. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. I do. Tell me about Cal Peterson, Chuck Freeby. Cal Peterson was an outstanding goaltender for Jeff Jackson's Notre Dame hockey teams for the past, well, he graduated in 2017. Yeah, 2017. So he's been out of Notre Dame for a couple of years, toiled in the minor leagues, was called up by the L.A. Kings and made his NHL debut in the third period last night. He becomes the first goaltender from Notre Dame to make the National Hockey League. Hmm. But he is something like, the I want to say, the 19th player under Jeff Jackson to make the NHL. Wow. So Jeff has done a, a tremendous job. I mean, Notre Dame hockey was not – it was on the map locally, and it had some great success in the late 60s and early 70s under Lefty Smith. Then a gradual decline, and boy, Jeff Jackson has brought that team up to where it's a perennial top 10 team now in college hockey. And these are the type of kids that want to go on with a hockey career. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look around the NHL, you've got guys like Anders Lee with the Islanders, who's one of the top scorers in the league. You've got other guys like Ian Cole, Robbie Rust, uh, Vinny Hinestroza. I mean, there's a long list of Notre Dame players now in the NHL. Sports Yak, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. College basketball tonight, Notre Dame and Radford. I scored a ticket. I know people. Congratulations. Taking my new friend. Let's call him Tim. Uh, How much were these tickets? Free. Really? As the paper says, there's plenty available, but they yeah. got handed to me, and I'd like a little midweek basketball. Radford? It's been a week. I'd like to see what it ha- Well, it hasn't been a week. It's been four, four days since the last game. Did they play Saturday? Uh, they played. Or was it Thursday? Thursday, last week. So there's so, been some time to uh, make some adjustments. Well, Mike Bray, I'm sure, is mulling over some lineups. What you saw in the first two games from Notre Dame was a team that played probably about 10 different guys, at least 10 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. That has not been Mike Bray's M.O. since he came to Notre Dame. He usually likes a team where he goes maybe eight deep. Now, he's got some depth on this team, but I think one of the things is when you play that many different players, it really keeps you from getting into an offensive flow. And if you look at Notre Dame's shooting numbers in those first two games, not too good. Yeah. So tonight, don't be surprised if that bench gets shortened a little bit. Now, I don't know who it'll be. And 
and Mike's likely to play the matchup game a little bit, see how he matches up with the Highlanders, who are a very good three-point shooting team. They're averaging 10 three-pointers a game. They made the NCAA tournament last year. So this is a sterner test for them than Illinois-Chicago or Chicago State was. Uh, if you're walking out of the game, or I don't know if you can watch the game on TV or not, but uh, right towards the end of it, Indiana and Marquette tonight on 103.1, 8.30. 8.30 tip-off. Good test for the Hoosiers against a Marquette team that is uh, perennially uh, a strong team. And let's see how IU responds. Fairly young team, but they're playing at home. And again, an upgrade in competition from what they faced in the first two games. You ever been to Marquette University? I have been to Marquette University. Me too. Okay, that's nice to know. Pearl Jam. Really? Mm-hmm. First album tour. Oh, that was good back then. Woo! Now, how many Pearl Jam shows had you been to previous to Marquette? That was that was the first album tour. So that was that was actually show number one for me. Okay, and how many Pearl Jam shows have you been to since? Three. Did they improve on what they did at Marquette? Yes. Number one was Marquette. Number two was the State Theater in Kalamazoo, okay. a little bit smaller than R. Morris. Show number three was Soldier Field. Ah, as a headliner. Yeah. So there's that. You were at Steel Stadium on a cold winter's day. Yes. Uh, but I'd love to hear what the players had to say as they are they've they've got to got they've got to have that state championship they're looking at it but they do have one step one hurdle to go through and it's a major hurdle yes. in Bishop Dwinger on Friday night on TV 46 in the semi state 28 degrees the snowflakes flying through the air all the skies are gray and the leaves are brown and uh, or all the leaves are brown and the skies are gray yeah let's do it that way anyway. Um, the cavemen are excited to still be practicing because, let's face it, there's only 24 football teams in the state of Indiana who are still practicing. It all starts in the heat of late July. You mm-hmm. play your first game, usually in high humidity, warm temperature conditions in August. And here we are. The temperature drops. There's snow on the ground. And only 24 are left. So, yes, the cavemen are excited. They're trying to go into uncharted territory. Now, Mishawak has been to the state finals before, as recently as 2012, I believe. Not with this coach. Not with this coach. The other thing is, no Mishawaka football team has ever won 13 games in a season. Oh, okay. And so that's the history that they would like to create, is they would like to become the Mishawaka football team that won the most games in a season. And they can do that if... They can beat Bishop Dwinger on Friday night. Now, Bishop Dwinger is another perennial power in the state of Indiana. Strong Catholic school from down in Fort Wayne. They, like the cavemen, love to run the football. Big, physical, fly to the football on defense. They've escaped a couple of games. They beat Bishop Lures by two points in the regular season. Uh, They got beaten by Fort Wayne Snyder pretty well for their only loss. But Snyder is a 6A school and Dwinger's a 4A. Okay. And then they survived in the sectional final against Fort Wayne Wayne, got a late touchdown pass to their tight end, Vinnie Tipman, and got the extra point to win 13-12. But they smashed Angola in the regional 40-7 to last week. And they've got a couple of good running backs, uh, a sophomore quarterback that um, you might be able to rattle, but he's only thrown one interception this year. So, a team built a lot like Mishawaka. Do you head to Dwanger before Friday? 
Uh, no, I'll just I'll talk to their coach on the phone this afternoon. Okay. Have you ever talked to him before? No, but um, he runs the campus ministry at Dwinger High School. His name is Jason Garrett, just like the Cowboys coach. Okay. And uh, his two chaplains happen to be two men who served as deacons at our church a uh, couple of summers ago. Small world. So I've already warned him about his chaplains. He <laughs> already gave the inside scoop. When, when I sent the email to set up the phone interview, I said, keep an eye on those two. Did you touch a comic book at all growing up? You know what? I used I didn't like adventure comic books. I liked things like Archie, Richie Rich, mm-hmm. uh, Sad Sack, things like I liked the quote unquote funny comic books. Okay. Uh, Never touched the superhero I stuff. I wasn't into the superhero stuff. Oh. Not like you, that's for sure. So I know uh, the death of Stan Lee earlier this week at the age of 95 certainly made an impact on you. What What is it that Stan Lee brought to the table that touched you? You know, I was thinking about that classic question we'll ask each other from time to time. What did you want to be when you grew up? I think I wanted to be him. He's the guy that created this universe that has this sticking power that you could go to the mall today and there's going to be a kid with a Spider-Man shirt on. Sure. There's going to be a dad with a Captain America hoodie on. uh, And it just has this sticking power. And uh, I heard a buddy of mine say he was pro-Marvel and that growing up you're either Marvel or you're DC. Mm -hmm. I've gone back and forth in my years, but... Yeah, it was just the, the power of story. You see yourselves in these story. I was a nerd in high school, so I was Peter Parker. I've got anger issues, so I'm I'm the Hulk every now and then. Uh, yeah, I just I just uh, I wanted to be him. I wanted to draw. I wanted to do stories. And but you know, when you look at somebody like that, like I don't know if I could ever reach that. I didn't have somebody in my life that spoke that kind of encouragement to me. But how how did he make it big? Was he just working for these places and and came up with these storylines? How did he yeah. become and He's he's the face of it. There's always somebody else that kind of helped him create it. Like he didn't get into Captain America until issue 3. Two other guys came up with Captain America and that was during the the war and during the right. you know using that as um What's the word I'm looking for, Chuck? You know, you you pass these posters out. To propaganda. Kind of, propaganda, mm-hmm. yeah. So the first issue of Captain America is him beating up this Hitler guy. Right. And Hitler wasn't the guy yet. It was almost a premonition. But, you know, Spider-Man, uh, he developed with another guy. Uh, Hulk, there's another guy. Uh, Jack Kirby would be that guy. And it just, uh, you know, it wasn't going on in the world. And the comics started out as monster comics. Because there wasn't this code yet of uh, what and how we can sell comic books. There's a lot of history there. So it was like monster comics back then. And then all of a sudden, well, let's dabble in the superhero world. Let's start to, let's, how about somebody with some extra powers? You know, this guy, he's blind, but he, all the other senses have been heightened. Let's call him Daredevil. Or you got these four that are going to go into outer space and they're going to come back and they've all got individual powers. We'll call them the, the Fantastic, Fantastic four, four, you know. And it's pretty amazing the story of, uh, and I told you this this morning, the story I heard was they were kind of in the toilet, Marvel, in the right. early 2000s, late 90s. Nothing was selling. And I mean, this is well into his career, right? Well into it. And he's still chugging away. I mean, he could easily tapped out, 
but he's still creating characters and doing whatever. And then uh, you start making a couple of hit movies with Spider-Man and, and uh, you know, yeah, Spider-Man would be the one. And then Disney steps in and buys the entire property, and it just skyrockets. And it's almost like they can do no wrong now. Comics are still selling huge. They come out every Wednesday. But that's the question is, how will they sell now that he... Well, he's, he's been the face of the company for a long time. He has, I mean, he, he hasn't drawn or put no, together stories. No, but having him around, maybe for, for you know, hey, you know, filling in the blanks to bounce off ideas and to touch into his yeah. mind. Because you, you got these young, late twenty, thirty-year-olds who mm-hmm. are new to reading Spider-Man and X-Men and all this stuff. So it's like, okay, so what's going on here, and why is he the way he is? And they kind of used him for that. But yeah, and he was creating all the way up to the the very end. And my little Stanley story will be: uh, Caleb was seven or eight, I think, when we went to <laughs> Comic Con, and he was dressed head to toe as Batman, which and, is not, which is mm-hmm. uh, on the other team, DC. And uh, you walk into this room, and you get a picture with Stanley, and he looked at my son. He goes, "That's a great outfit, son." And uh, I had a Spider Man shirt on. And I said, "All I can say is thanks." And he goes, "That's good enough for me." Click photo, off to the races. And that was when he was 92. And then so. the next year he said, this is my final Chicago Comic-Con. I'm not doing any more because of health issues. And, well, and yeah, the travel. I mean. Ugh. And everything he's involved in. I, th- I, th- I think he worked up until the day he died. I liked the fact that when they had those movies, and I haven't, again, that's not my genre mm-hmm. like it is for you. But I do like the fact that he would play this little role mm-hmm. in every one of those movies as as this not a recurring character a tip but, of the hat right almost like let's where's waldo mm-hmm. where's stanley let's find him in this now the would, rumor is would the theater go nuts when he would appear on screen well the the one i would go to because it's the opening night and it's all of us nerds that yeah. have been dying to see this so yeah we'd all go oh you know there he is the rumor has it he has filmed eight ahead of oh, really? what happened on, wow. was it Monday when he died? Yes. Yeah. So there's there's eight that they'll figure out how to stick into the, the story. So here's my top five. I'm going to go Iron Man in number five, the original Iron Man. Guardians of the Galaxy, number four. Okay. Have you seen any of these? I've seen, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That was the one where they used the song Brandy as kind of the, yeah. the theme Kurt Russell. of it. Yes. I, I enjoyed that. Captain America, Winter Soldier, number three. Captain America, Civil War, number two. And then the most recent, Infinity War, number one. Because even in the internet age when there's, there's no secrets anymore and there's no you know surprises, everybody at the end of that movie, we're like, what just happened? And now we're dying to see Wait, what, what did you say? What just happened? Uh-oh, there's a catchphrase for you. Quite frankly, that is pretty much how every listener to Sports Jack reacts to the show. What just happened? Hello again, guys. This is Derek from Big Tall Outlet again here with you. We are located in Elkhart, Indiana at 1333 South Napanee Street. Just wanted to kind of go over as it's continuing to get cooler and cooler around here and maybe where you're from also. Um, wanted to go over a few of our uh, sweater and sweater vest options. Kind of see here behind me, we have a really good selection of sweater vests, a few different brands, Cutter and Buck, Callaway, FX Fusion, Edwards is a company that we that we like real well. Um, one piece that I really want to hit on today, these will be great pieces for um, Christmas meal, church, 
or even Thanksgiving. But this is a bright red V-neck, obviously, sweater vest. So this will look nice over a shirt with a tie, without a tie, you know, just kind of dress up a little bit for a you know, Thanksgiving meal, or even, like I said, for Christmas. These are both from Edwards, both V-neck sweater vests. These are $15.50 each. So these are available. 2X is the smallest size, all the way up to 5X in in those uh at the same price so it's not like there's a price jump depending on size it's not going to be um, an additional charge if you need a, a 5x compared to um say like a 2x and we do have thanksgiving coming up next week already it's an early thanksgiving this year so i want to get you guys prepared to, to look look your best for those uh meals with family bust out a nice sweater you know look nice and uh tell everybody that you shopped at big and tall outlet Get your yak on. A hundred and six points, skins. <laughs> Skinny dipping. That's the fact, yak. The Sports Yak Podcast, wherever you listen or download podcasts. Let's have a conversation about the one and only Mary Friedman. A year ago, she goes to get blood work. No, no, no. She's going to give blood. She's going to give blood. As part of a civil duty. And uh, well, yeah, she's trying to be a good person. Be a good person, which she is. She's learned from her mother and father. A couple days later, they're looking at the blood and they see something. Well, when she when you go in to give blood, mm-hmm. they do they do a stick on you and they put it into a machine and they test a variety of different levels. And one of them is your hematocrit, which measures how much iron you have in your blood. Is this before she's about to give blood? This is before they draw blood. Okay. Because they want to make sure they're not drawing blood from somebody that shouldn't be giving. I know what you speak of because I, unfortunately, am low on iron, and so I get to take that on a daily basis for the rest of my life. I'm anemic. So uh, they, your hematocrit... I think the low number for hematocrit is something like 35 or 38. Well, hers is sitting there at like 28. And they Red said, flag. Yeah. So the nurse says, what's going on? She goes, I've had, I went to Peru, um, climbed Machu Picchu and stuff like that. Came home. I was tired, but I've been working three jobs. I have this cough that won't quite go away. She goes, why don't we send you to uh, your doctor and have you looked at. Well, Mary had just changed doctors, and she now had this newbie that was fresh out of college who kind of said, this isn't familiar to me. I'm going to send you over to the folks at Beacon Children's Hospital and have you checked out there. And Dr. Colleen Morrison is the doctor over there. And she ran some tests on Mary, basically checking for anemia. And then as she was running those tests, she saw some abnormalities, and she thought her first thought was leukemia. Hmm. And so she said, okay, we're going to check. And when Colleen Morrison was an intern at a hospital in Chicago, she had a patient that had this PNH, which is what Mary was finally diagnosed with. So she had seen it before. Rare? It's very rare. It's okay. one in 1.3 million people oh my. have this disease. Okay. And basically to describe the disease, when, you're, when your red blood cells are made, they have a little protein attached to them. Okay. Her red blood cells were being made without the protein. 
Well, without the protein, the white blood cells see something that's abnormal, and they attack. And then the body says, oh, we need more red blood cells, and, makes, and this vicious cycle goes on and on and on. Well, number one, it tires you out because your body is working at this fever pitch yeah. to make blood cells, which are constantly being killed off. And number two, it thins your blood so much that it puts you at a huge risk for a stroke. And so it's it's pretty much a disease that, if not treated, would be fatal within five years. So the doctor comes in and gives you this diagnosis and says, okay, what's the treatment plan? Well, you have two choices. You can, um, you can take an injection. Uh, it's not really an injection. It's a, uh, a blood treatment. It takes about an, one to two hours every week, and you can do that the rest of your life. Every week, the rest of your life, yeah. you're in this office. And by the way, we've only been doing this treatment for 10 years, so we can't really guarantee that it's any good after 10 years. Oh, okay, well, what's the other option? What's behind curtain number two? The other option is a bone marrow transplant. Okay, what happens there? Well, with the bone marrow transplant, you know, we get good marrow from a donor who matches up with you, and we put that, we take your marrow out with chemotherapy, and we put this new marrow in, and 60% of the time it works all the time. Uh no, wait, that's that's the cologne in Anchorman. Anyway, it it's got a sixty percent. Sex Panther? Yes. I think you're referring to that. Yes. It's got a sixty percent success rate. How quickly did the family jump on board to find a match? Well, the first people they treat the first people they look for a match are the family. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got five siblings, you got a mom and dad. One of those will likely match up. Mm-hmm. Well, some siblings matched each other. But none matched Mary. So then uh, you turn over to this group, Be the Match, which runs the National Bone Marrow Donor List. And they put the information into the National Bone Marrow Registry and try to find somebody that matches up. Now, the good news about Mary is she's blonde and blue-eyed because that's the majority of the registry. And what we've really been trying to push over the last year is to get more minority people, African-Americans, Asians, Hispanics, if you're a minority and you can, get on the National Bone Marrow Registry because, unfortunately, that's one of the things that is used to to match people. Yeah. So, you know, it, it becomes tougher and tougher for there are a number of Hispanic people in this country that can't get matched up because, and I get it, Hispanics in this country right now don't want to get on a registry lots of times yeah. out of fear, uh, but unfortunately, it's it's costing people. So, Mary, they find a match for her. And How they, long was that? Uh, they found by we found the match by early October. Okay. So that's like okay. Well, when can we do this? And and Cincinnati, the hospital in Cincinnati, Children's Hospital down there, um, does they're number one in the world at doing this bone marrow transplant. So you're going there. So we're going there. It's it's within reach. So all the arrangements are made. And November, it was originally scheduled to be November 13th. And we think the donor is from the West Coast because it took a while for the 
marrow taken from this gentleman to be flown out to Cincinnati. So it's, you know it's a guy. We know it's a guy. Okay. Um. So this marrow is flown out to Cincinnati. So on the day of November fourteenth, which is today's taping date, uh, one year ago today, uh, they they bring in this huge bag of fluid. I described it on the air this morning. It looked like if you had two two-liter bottles of 7-Up in a bag. Mm-hmm. And they put that into her, and it worked. Uh, the PNH is gone. Uh, she's living a normal life. Her hair has grown back. Uh, she now has to – I liken it to if you took a car and you took the engine out of a car and put a new engine in, you would have to – you know, none of the oil or gas or any of the treatments you did to the old engine matter because you've got a new engine in there. Yes. And that's the way it is with this bone marrow transplant. She's got to have all of her childhood immunizations redone. Big reset button. Because you've got this new stuff in you. And uh, as of right now, she's teaching. She's, she's doing student, student teaching, teaching to kind at, of wrap up her education. Yep. Uh, she's into her last uh, couple of weeks in the classroom and by December uh, she should have her license and you know she's got some decisions to make whether she wants to go on to graduate school and pursue her master's uh, do some some things with the ACE program over at Notre Dame and apply for that or just get right into teaching here in South Bend. On a scale of one to ten where is she at on meeting the donor? Oh she's ten she wants to meet the donor. How about you? I'd love to meet him, too, and thank him. What would you say to him? If, I have if no that idea happened right today, now, I have no idea. No? I have no idea. I have not thought about that. Because hmm. I get too emotional when I think about it. I prayed a lot for your family this past year. Well, I, and I know a lot of people did, and we are, we are very grateful for everybody's prayers because it's it's been an emotional year. And I, here's here's what in, here's here's what I love about you, Chuck Freebie. You inspire me because you became a quick student of whatever this thing was, and you embraced. It seems like the family did. You embraced be the match. Oh yeah, to which well, you still do. Of course, I mean without them. My daughter wouldn't be alive. But be, became a, a vocal advocate for it, which I appreciate. Well, because we're not alone. I mean, yeah. other people need this, whether it's, and it may not be PNH, maybe it's leukemia, maybe it's something else where there's a need for bone marrow transplants. And for a lot of people, their only hope is that national registry. And then there's no guarantee that, I mean, I was on the national registry for 20 years. My name never got called, hmm. you know, but I know people that have been on since we started having bone marrow registry drives who have joined in that time and already been summoned. What if we find out this guy's a USC fan? She wouldn't mind that. She's one of them? Yeah. <sighs> She'd think that was great. Well, I... I I think somewhere in the back of people's minds are is the dream that, hey, this is a really good-looking guy, and they'll hit it off and, you know. I did say that to you uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. Would that be an interesting story of full circle? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, we celebrate uh, Mary today. That's exciting stuff. You know, the, it was unknown 365 days ago. And uh, look what she's doing now. And I loved watching her speak at uh, commencement. You she did a great job. I thought that, that was a, that was very yeah. inspiring. Um, I loved seeing her a couple of weeks ago in the truck at one of the basketball football games, running tape. And I I, I was kind of like caught off that Mary, you're here. Yeah, you got the cool short hair going, and you know you're you're looking great. And she's got that uh, feisty Mary Freebie kind of sense she, of humor. She went to the women's game the other night with my mother. Okay, and uh, they're up in the Namoli Club because my mom has tickets for that. And they're getting on the elevator to leave, and a woman gets on. <gasps> You're Mary Freebie. I mean, she's she's had to deal with celebrity yeah. over this past year that she does not necessarily embrace, but you know she's learned how to live with it. Well, that feels like a great spot right there because there are no rules in this. We can talk about sports and faith and life and do whatever we want. We do that, and we did that today. So for those of you who needed more sports to talk about, yeah, there's not that much going on. I mean, really, are we going to talk about the Blackhawks because they do nothing but lose? Yeah. Are we going to talk about the Bulls? They do not. Eh. I almost asked you if you had one day, one day to step into the Lions organization and fix something. But oh, then I you're going to ask the Phil McDonald question. I thought that was a great question. I thought it was too. But then I thought I don't like the Lions, so I don't care. Well, is there we a tell team? the Lions story? Yeah, Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And I had on a bright orange Chicago Bears hat. Now, was this one that you purchased from the Big and Tall Men store in Elkhart? Uh, I don't know that I knew them back then. Well, that's too bad. But but they do have that kind of apparel over there. Thank you, Big and Tall. Uh, and the line is around the building for this concert that people are going into. And I do notice now, in hindsight, a lot of blue and gray. Would that be the right colors? Honolulu blue and silver. Oh, listen to you. And as I'm walking past one of these fans, uh, a big burly man yells to me, why don't you take off that hat? And me, immediately jumping in defensive mode, turned to him and said, why don't you take off your face? How'd that go over? <laughs> How'd that go over with the home crowd? It was it was like awkward. It wasn't like, well, them's fighting words. It was like, that's the that's the best you could do. That's like weird. That's like Silence of the Lambs weird. Why don't you try that one at the Summer Series next year? (laughs) Why don't you take off your face? You know, some heckler can yell at you from the floor of the Morris, and you, on stage, uh, helping to promote Christianity, can yell, in the words of Jesus, (laughs) why don't you take off your face? Uh. Yeah, that's a classic one. Thank you for bringing that up a few weeks ago. I, I forgot about that one. And a good reminder, as I do have a couple trips up north soon, not to wear that Bears hat. In I've that neck always of the woods. liked the Lions colors, though. I think those are kind of cool colors because really no other team in sports has that combination. And they stick with it. They've stuck with Yeah, you you don't see the, the retro jerseys or yeah. the goofy stuff. I mean, that's those are the Lions. Very specific. What is it? Honolulu blue? Honolulu blue. It's a specific shade of blue. Okay. And silver. All right. Can you uh, do in 30 seconds what you would do to fix that team in one day? Oh, my gosh. 
offensive line, you've got to get some offensive line help. I mean, Matthew Stafford oh. is on his back constantly in those games. He got sacked, what, 10 times by the Vikings. The Bears got to him a ton. How long has he been with the Lions now? He's been with them, I think, for nine years. I mean, he's a veteran quarterback, and he had, you know, he used to have some great receivers to throw to, like Calvin Johnson. Doesn't have that anymore. And the Lions haven't had a decent running back since Barry Sanders. But you, the reason you don't have a decent running back is because you can't block anybody. Oof. I mean, it's like a bad edition of Hollywood Squares. You cannot block anybody. Well, uh, plans are in place for a guest before our Thanksgiving episode. Yes. Uh, I'm I did have a, about I this. had a conversation with said agent to guest. Good. And uh, yeah, we, we actually got to get him down here. There's, there's talk about that as well. Well, that would be good That's too. On my goal for 2019 is to put you two together to shake hands, and we'll talk more about that. I'm going to call Sarah today and follow up on the Mike Bray interview. I'd like to talk about his no, new book. Sarah, not Stephanie. Stephanie is gone. She's been gone She's for a long time. Long gone. But the email remains. Still there? Did you check the site lately? I'm going to check first, and then I'm going to call, so I'll have a little ace in the pocket of, yeah. I want to check that email. So there you go. Thanks for listening to Sports Yak. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a riveting episode, much like today. Much like today. We'll leave you with this Bible verse. You can follow Chuck at 46sports. It's a great uh, Twitter follow, whether it be sports, local sports, uh, and a hint of faith every now and then. That's how he starts his day. That's how we'll end ours. Well, indeed we will, because we'll go to today's Bible verse, which comes from the 17th chapter of Luke, verses 17 and 18. Uh, we're in the story where ten lepers are cleansed by Jesus. And one, and they point out it's a Samaritan, comes back and says, thank you. And Jesus said in reply, ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? And it's a wonderful reminder to us that when we are blessed, whether it's with a bone marrow transplant or with a job or with the chance to listen to what I'm sure will be a Tony Award-winning podcast in Sports Yak, whatever blessing you have in your life, give thanks to God for it. You've been listening to the Sports Yak Podcast. Brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet. Featuring big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's websites for 50% off the suggested retail price. Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart or online at BigAndTallOutlet.com. Because big guys gotta look good too. Sports Yak, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Why don't you take off your face? This is Jimmy Shorts. And that's good. Dee 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 dee. What just happened? When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 